Welcome to Big Game Hunger, a show where me and a guest craft the big next game every episode. We'll be taking three random ingredients and blending them together into one incredible game. I'm Jenna Stever and I crave content. And I'm joined by hungry boy Eric Silver. Eric, uh, who are you and what do you have a hunger for? I first want to say you were the only person allowed to call me a hungry boy. <laughs> Everyone else, it feels derogatory and like I'm back in summer camp. And I'm sweating in, like, two long socks that my mom bought at DJ Maxx for me. <laughs> so that's not your official title, Hungry Boy. No, it's not Hungry Boy, no. <laughs> Though I now I do need to get... Now I'm reclaiming it, and I'm going to get oh. business cards that say Hungry Boy on it. Ah, love that. <laughs> uh, I am Eric Silver. You might know me for the various podcasts that I do, but you might know me as the DM of Join the Party, and I'm the best uh, DM in podcasting, so... That oh, works yeah. out for me. Yeah. You're on TikTok as the best DM on podcasting, right? Well, I need to tell people because they don't know. <laughs> and I think that it's my responsibility to let them know. Yes, this is my heel turn of telling people I'm the best DM in podcasting. <sighs> Constantly and perpetually, yes. I love that your heel turn is to just become a little bit self-confident. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Eric, what are you hungry for? The thing that I'm hungry for are trading cards, actually. Ooh. I've been thinking a lot about trading cards lately because there have been two things in the news related to that. One is the One Ring card. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Tell us about it, Eric. <laughs> right, okay. So there was a Lord of the Rings set put out by Magic the Gathering. And here's the thing about Wizards of the Coast. They love, they super duper love squeezing as much money out of their fans as possible <laughs> without really giving much in return. So there is one card, the only one card that is the one ring, right? Really? They only printed one? One of one. That's the, oh, yes, that's the whole thing. Okay. You can see the cash grab, Jenna, yep. right? Oh, it's low hanging. Yeah. Okay. So then this regular dude from Canada got the one ring. And obviously like all the YouTubers and all these people have been pulling cards and trying to get it. And then he sold the card to Post Malone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Post Malone. It's just the funniest. If you were making this a joke, that would be the funniest person you could pull to have bought it. And that's yeah. real, though. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was for like $2.6 million or yeah. something. And it was so much that Wizards of the Coast put it in their quarterly report to shareholders talking oh, about like course. how valuable their card was in this highly publicized <sighs> off-market deal. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, at Gen Con, some Indiana rogues stole a pallet of magic yes, cards. I saw that. Worth like $300,000 or something. $300,000, I think, like projected with like retail. If you sold every box as a box at a game store or whatever. Yeah. Right. $300,000. And I think the other thing about it was that people thought it was Lorcana cards at the beginning, which are the oh. new the new card game from Disney that's coming out. Oh. So I've been thinking about how, and like everyone's been trying to get their hands on it, and, and the only people who've been able to play are like influencers, blah, blah, blah. So like I've been thinking about how valuable a card game is. Okay. Whether we're talking about both like 
an actual card game like a TCG or a video game version of a TCG, which is kind of the inverse, which is like I can play Slay the Spire for a thousand hours. And the only (laughs) way that I've paid more than like $10 for it is that I need Slay the Spire on my Switch and my PC (laughs) and my iPhone (laughs) and everything else. That is how I feel about Slay the Spire. Uh, I don't do that because that would be bad. That would be crossing a line of my addiction to Slay the Spire that I'm not prepared to grapple with. Uh, here's what I like about that is um, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I love, here's, no, okay, let me be more distinct with my feelings on the subject, which are very complicated. I hate that Wizards of the Coast made a print NFT because they took what is essentially and by definition a mass printed object yeah. and they Andy Warhauled it up and made it just the one, just the one one ring. And so they created this really absurd sparsity <laughs> and I hate that, but you're right that there's a lot of money in card games. So I think we should just make a card game. I don't think we should make a video game okay. card game because I think that'll be harder to squeeze people out of uh, their hard-earned money. Well, eventually we can make the video game version of the card game, much uh, like they're doing like with Baldur's that. Gate 3, where they're making a video game <laughs> of a tabletop RPG <laughs> and just reselling it to them. So we can sell it multiple times once we get it. Yes, I love that. Okay, do you want to make a card game today, Eric? Yeah, I'd be down to make a yeah. card game. I'm sorry that I'm uh, immediately not making a video game with you. Undermining the premise of this entire show. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I think this is fine. So in the first segment of this podcast, we pick out ingredients that we're going to base our game on. Okay. And since we already have what I would argue, would we say this is a type of gameplay card game? Yes, 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 yes. All right, so I'm going to roll two d20 and we're going to pick out a premise and an adjective. Hell yeah. I've got our first item and our second item. <laughs> okay, our premise is train travel. Great. Our adjective, and I'll admit I was pretty loose for what I conceived of as an adjective Sure. Uh, for this one. Our adjective is for people who are afraid of calling people on the phone. <laughs> wait, wait, Jenna, I think we nailed that already. A TCG based on trains? I think that's already for those people. <laughs> it's a little redundant. I'm. That's fair. <laughs> and also the fact that it is a card game also feels like it kind of overlaps. I guess what I was doing was trying to say millennial right. without using the word millennial. That might be actually what a lot of the adjectives on this list <laughs> end up being. <laughs> no, I think that that's totally good. The same people who are like taking that one image of what the United States could look like if it was all trains. Ooh, like okay. those are the same people that do not like using the phone. Yes. I think that we're yes. doing the both of our roles are simpatico. That's perfect. Yeah, I think there's some really good synergy here on which to build a game. Yeah. So I think the first question we have to figure out, so it's a card game, right? Yeah. Yeah, cards. That's like the basic thing we need to figure out. <laughs> How are we making it about trains? Is this like a ticket to ride situation where we're like physically building out uh, or like a, yeah. a trail in the house on the hill where you're like building a house using your cards? Is it going to be a physical game like that? Or is it going to be a more classic Magic the Gathering TTRPG? That's kind of interesting 
My favorite thing about trading card games is, like, the premise that's surrounding all of them. Yeah. Like, you know, the premise of Magic the Gathering is that, like, two wizards are having a wizard duel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, like, if we're talking about cards, like, Hearthstone is like, oh, no, you're playing cards in a bar where everything's good and you're fine, right? Yeah. So... What I would love to do is move away from the traditional, like, I put my stuff on my side and you put your stuff on your side. And if we were literally building railroads around based on, like, you lay the playmat down and it's like, oh, what is this country that we're going to build trains upon? Okay. A procedurally generated country that's different every single time you play. I like that. Wait, okay, let me... Let me add this. What if okay. what if there were like terrain cards that you played in the game to build the physical location? But what if that is like your mana? Yeah. <laughs> you, when you lay the railroads down, that's your mana? Yes. Yes. Well, okay. Well, here's a question. Is it like, because like in Magic the Gathering, your mana is literal terrains. It's like, here's an island. Here's a mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the terrain upon which we are later building the train tracks? Or do they have, like, train tracks printed on them? That's interesting. I think that the mana is the train tracks because (laughs) I love the idea of, like, you know, instead of enchantment creature magic, it's like we have train tracks as our mana. Our creatures are trains. And then also these enchantments are like the things that we're populating the country with. Okay. It's like I play a resort town <laughs> and it like enhances <laughs> this part of the train tracks. Okay. So we're imagining sort of like a resource management slash building sim kind of board game. Yeah. Where you're trying to make the coolest country with the best train system. Mm. <laughs> is that is that kind of the vibe? Yeah. And I I like the idea that like you bring your own deck with you if this is the TCG is like, okay, so it is a board game, right? Yes. It's procedurally generated, quote unquote, in the way that like, you know, when you play Settlers of Catan, sometimes you'll play randomly with the tiles instead of the the pip way. Yeah. So I think it's like the country can look any way as you flip these things over and then every single one comes with like train track cards which are the mana which allows you to play it okay and then like you get to bring your own deck with you in order for you to spend a ton of money on booster packs and things. <laughs> yes right we've got to keep that core in mind yeah and then you get like the thomas the tank engine Ooh. pack and you could bring thomas with you oh you can bring thomas with you yeah okay i love the idea of a game in which we find a way to rope in famous trains yeah uh we can have an orient <laughs> express expansion i love that that's really good you play a kenneth Branagh enchantment <laughs> with a big mustache yeah <laughs> uh, yes yeah, I'm actually going to play my uh, Hercule Poirot card on you to block this train building. Uh, you can't do that. I have a, <laughs> a Wild West expansion that gives me the ability to rob your train, so... Ha! You stumbled right into my trap. I flip <laughs> over. There's been a robbery! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, I love this. Okay, but wait, let, hold on. There's two things I want to finesse. The first thing is, so, is there a base board game that everybody is sharing like Settlers of Catan and then an additional you're bringing your own deck to it or is everybody bringing their individual decks and there's no core? I think that there is a core okay, for sure. I think that it's like so you get the board game and in the board game it comes with like 
two starter decks, quote unquote, okay. so two people can play against each other. Yeah. And then every single set comes with the country border cards, like the landscape cards. It's like, oh, I'm going to flip this over. There's a river here. Or, oh, here's where the major city is. Okay. And like then you can figure out the borders of your country. And then I think that everyone gets a certain number of mana train track cards <laughs> that comes with the board game. Okay. So you when you're laying down tracks, you're starting to build your mana pools. So you're going to start out very, very low on mana, basically, right? Because you have like one depot yes. and a couple of tracks. And then as the game progresses, everybody is eventually going to build up quite a lot of mana because they're going to have more and more elaborate train tracks. What is that mana going to be spent on? Like, what are your monsters in this game? Are there literal monsters? Ooh. Consider. Well, now, Jenna, <laughs> since we're making this for people who don't like phone calls, a.k.a. millennials. Yes, this is the other thing I wanted to loop back on, yeah. Now, millennials love Welcome to Night Vale and various <laughs> types of... Stop. It's true, but stop. <laughs> now go on. They love spooky, like, mm. magic realism that's spooky. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there has to be like a spooky element okay. to this train game. Okay. Where you can summon trains, you can summon <laughs> monsters. <laughs> and, and you can also Sorry. You said you can summon trains. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> And you could summon like the enchantments of like people on the trains or things Ooh. outside of the trains. Like you can okay. summon riders or conductors, and then you can also summon like more specific landscape. Okay. So I mean, the, yeah, the four things you can summon are the trains themselves. <laughs> you can summon the spooky monsters that can help you or hurt the other people. Okay. You can summon literal people, riders or jobbers who work <laughs> on the train. And then you can also summon like an eye, like a depot or an extra landmass. Okay. Yeah. I think there's got to be an aspect of this where we're like building out where the trains are going, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, the point of trains is that they are going somewhere, yeah. right? Like, you don't just build a train, especially not in America. You don't build trains, period. But in general, you're building a train <laughs> to <laughs> to get somewhere. Welcome to my video game slash infrastructure <laughs> criticism podcast, Big Game Hunger. Yeah, we're making this for millennials. <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> I think that's great. Jenna, I have a question. Yeah. Now that we've, we're firmly in trains, mm -hmm. I think that, like, what are we trying to harness from other train games that exist? Yeah. I think you might know about this more than I do. The two that stand out to me are literal train simulators. Okay. Where you're being a conductor. Which is like, oh, I wish I was in Belgium right now. Yeah. And the other is Ticket to Ride, <laughs> which is like, oh, I wish I was a train baron in yes. Belgium yeah. in the 1800s. But are there other like video games or other train media that we're, we should be honing in on to make this a good game? Well, I'm thinking about all of the video games in which trains appear, and I think one of the most iconic one is, and I won't remember which one it is, but the Final Fantasy where you fight a train. Oh, right, where you <laughs> suplex the train, yeah. Yes, yes. So I do think train battles are going to have to be a pretty essential part of this. Mm. I think this is the thing, is like eventually 
the trains that you build and the trains that other people build are going to hook up, right? Like the tracks are going to have to connect at some point. And that is how you end up making trains go against each other. And maybe you can have like combat trains or monsters and also trains that you have just loaded up with murder mystery guests and a detective. (laughs) And those collide. And what does that mean? Okay, so monsters only are there to hurt, both in direct attack or through debuffs, while trains can either be for attack or for victory points, which is bringing people from one place to another. So that that can be the difference between our summons. Yes, and I think there's got to be some strategy around, like, you own this depot, like Monopoly rules, right? And you you own this depot, you own this watering station between two spots. If somebody else's train lands there, then you get some victory points, you get some money, you get something. Mm -hmm. But there's also, like, incentive then for them to, like, send a monster to like destroy that depot right and clear it out or like you want to like park something at that depot to defend it in case somebody comes along and wants to bust it up right and you wouldn't you need the monsters because the trains need to move like a train i'm thinking like in a real civilization yes they're always moving you need you it's like you have some folks who are supposed to be moving but some folks to defend so monsters can attack and defend while trains can attack or move and that's important Yes. Yeah. I love how this is slowly becoming an RTS. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> we're making I it. was just thinking, yeah, because part of me loves the idea that all of the trains and monsters are always moving and that at the end of each round of gameplay, there's a laborious like 10 minute sequence in which everybody's like, okay, this monster has extra speed. So it moves two times the tokens. And this <laughs> yeah, one yeah, yeah. is overburdened with passengers. So it moves at half speed. And this one's a runaway train. So it just continues straight along this track there's like one person who ends up doing it every time you play and everybody else is just like oh bathroom break time i'll be back in 15 when you figure this all out oh 100 <laughs> percent. and this is why the video game version becomes more popular absolutely because the computer does it for you yeah and everybody's like oh thank god thank god they really got rid of all of that <laughs> that really burdensome train travel aspect of this train game yeah. you're like you're like who worked on this is like oh this is Gasworks studio They've only made predatory iPhone games before, (laughs) but they really made this train game work great. They just needed a good, clean, family-friendly IP like this one to really bring it all together. Yeah. Oh, and they just got acquired by Bethesda. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I love this. I feel really good about this whole concept. I do want to, let's figure out a little bit more the angle of four people afraid of calling people on the phone Mm -hmm. because we have simplified that to millennials but i think there's something interesting to me about the idea of train travel which is has i think a kind of an archaic implication of being like how like mail gets across america so you can't like contact people directly i'm wondering like for people afraid of calling people on the phone does that mean is that something that's literal in that like you have to get together physically to play this game. Is that what it means? Mm. Or does it mean something in the game where it's like, like there's no way to communicate between people? I, I don't know. Help me crack this. Yeah, I I was really stuck on the millennial part. <laughs> so that's why we introduced some Which I think real Night Vale-ass stuff. I, I think that. maybe about this is that it's a long game. So you don't 
need to respond to emails. Or <laughs> or you can put off the thing AM and it's an excuse for people to come together. Like the fact that we've combined this into both like a TCG, a board game, and an RTS video game, and of course the video game version of this game at large, is like these are all incredibly time consuming <laughs> things that you're like, oh, it's game day. I'm gonna put this aside. I like that. Okay. My friend Julia and her husband plays Twilight Imperium with their friends. And for those of you who don't know, Twilight Imperium is the capital T long board game. <laughs> it's the one that takes like eight hours. Oh, great. And okay. they like put whole days aside to play this <laughs> because there's no other way to do it. And of course, like it's great and they love it. But I think it's so fun to be like, oh, no, I'm playing this game today. This is the thing I'm doing today. I feel a lot of anxiety around like not having something to do. Mm. Like even if I should be doing nothing, I'm like, oh, I need to do something or then I just wasted my day. And that, and in my anxious brain, that thing cannot just be like, watch Netflix for eight hours. <laughs> but if I play a game for eight hours, ostensibly with some people, then it's okay. You're being social, you're being interactive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Let me pitch something that undermines everything that we've created so far. Please, please. <laughs> what if... What if this is like a cyberpunk game? Sure. And you play as people who are afraid to call people on the phone. So you have to build a really intricate train-like electronic system that allows you and your electric <laughs> body to travel upon it to get to place to place. So nobody emails or texts or does phone calls anymore. You just physically zap your body along these electric lines that are train-like to people's houses to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the metaphorical abstraction. This is now like a hacking mini game inside of a AAA video game. Oh my God. I do like, I don't want to say no. Okay. <laughs> but I do like the fact that you are establishing a setting mm -hmm. because we said Ticket to Ride, I think maybe. I might have assumed it was going to be like weird 1800s. Yes. But I kind of like that this is like weird cyberpunk. Or now that America is finally destroyed and there's a new country, <laughs> we can finally put trains on it. <laughs> Eric, it's so funny you said that because I feel like this has to be because we're Americans. In my mind, yeah, I was thinking old timey trains, yeah. the kind that you get on to cross this this wide empty country. Like I was also imagining like a steam engine, but that is not <laughs> that trains exist today, and that's not what trains are. Okay. Okay. Wait. 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 <laughs> Let's okay. No, I can. Let's. I think I can pick up what you were putting down. Okay. Okay. Remember what I said about what is the metaphor yes. behind the TCG? Yeah. I think that we're now like ruffians at a <laughs> cyberpunk bar playing this game. This is like what? space chess from Ooh. from Star Wars, right? Okay. <gasps> I think it's still like trains because it feels like simultaneously old-timey and futuristic like <laughs> it's neo-futurist almost eric what a laborious way to have our cake and eat it too and i love it yeah. okay so the meta implication of this game the hearthstone-esque tavern framing is that you with your electro body have zapped across the country to hang out with your friend mm -hmm. and you're playing this old-timey <laughs> train game what i like about this is that it allows us to 
hold together all era and meaning and kinds of trains together because it's not about actual trains. It's about like modern trains in a European system where you can get from like London to Paris mm -hmm. taking the channel. It also means like Zelda minecart sections where you're just riding this rickety little train section from place to place. It also means the Wild West building the train tracks. It also means it means everything. And it can do that because it's in a future which all of these things coexist because nobody knows about history. Exactly. And that is an incredibly millennial thing to say. <laughs> Loving history, but having no idea no about any, any actual things about it. <laughs> If you're enjoying Big Game Hunger, why don't you check out some of the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective? I think you'd like Exolore. Have you ever wondered what life would be like on a different planet, one not like Earth? Or how writers create incredible fictional sci-fi worlds like that? Well, wonder no more, because we have facts for you. Hard, real, earnest, legit facts from a real, earnest astrophysicist. And this is true, slash folklorist, Dr. Moya McTeer. She explores fictional worlds by building them with a panel of expert guests, interviewing professional world builders, or reviewing the merits of worlds that have already been built. But if you're interested in world building or space, you should really check it out. You'll learn. You'll laugh. You'll gain an appreciation for how special our planet really is. I know you think Earth is mid, but it's got a lot going for it. Subscribe today by searching Exolore, which is E-X-O-L-O-R-E in your podcast app, or going to exolorepod.com. That's E-X-O-L-O-R-E-P-O-D.com. Exolore. Check it out. Have you ever played, or you have, I'm sure you've seen, like, the board games slash card games like Munchkin or Dominion yes. or Smash Up? Yes. That just have constant, constant new expansions. Packs. Packs, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's how you end up bringing your own deck with you. Okay. In that you were like, oh, I actually run, like, a Greek mythology slash Wild West deck. <laughs> and that's where you focus mostly on robbers and monsters. <laughs> Okay, okay, Eric, I was like, what trains exist in ancient Greece that you are pulling upon? But no, you're saying like the monster angle is the ancient. Okay, no, I love that. Well, that's what all the things were folding in. And then there can also be like a, if it's Greece, you know, there is a yes. classical steampunk train that doesn't exist and like fucking Play-Doh's on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like... Play-Doh in a little train conductor hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So just like mashing oh, no. up all of the different types of things that we want here yes. to fully encompass all of the things that millennials like. Yeah. And the individuality of us building our own decks, the fact that we can pull from any of the parts of history that we want, that it can be anywhere from like the ancient past all the way through a cyberpunk future, which is ostensibly the present in the framing of the game. Yes. So it's like it really is truly expansive and can go in any sort of direction. I think this is also where we can fold in any and all IP or yes. like vague steps to the side of the IP <laughs> if we don't actually get the, like we can put Street Fighter in, but we can also put 
a boulevard brawl in it as well, right? <laughs> Good poll. Yes. Have you ever played Chrononauts? I haven't. What is that? Okay, so it's it's very much what you're describing. It's a time travel card game mm. that is very much in this vein where it's like they had like it just references like all time periods and the thing is that you're like changing the past by going back to the past and like it changes what cards are visible and what those cards say. So it feels very much like in line with that. That's the dead end. I don't want to talk about it. I just wanted to brag that I remembered that game that I played <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> hey, big game hunger. We're just throwing things out there. It's like, hey, do you remember this? It's a writer's room. We're just coming up with it's it. It's exactly it. It's like when you're hungry and you're trying to figure out what you want to eat so you're just mentioning every restaurant that you can think of hoping that your partner will latch on to one of them and you can finally order that is what we're doing okay here's actually a really important point to finesse sure the basic of this was like a magic style card game is this versus and is it one-on-one are there rules for playing with multiple people are there cooperative rules or is it just one-on-one Keeping in mind that we don't actually have to do any <laughs> balancing of combat. We don't have to do any of the actual hard stuff of game development, which is make it function. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an executive coming down and being like, hey, put this in. I just played Breath of the Wild. It seems great. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I think that the base game is one-on-one. Okay. But I think it's one-on-one in the way that, like, Settlers of Catan is one-on-one in that, like, you're trying to hit a victory. You're not trying to reduce someone to zero in Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic the Gathering. I think you're trying to get victory points. Okay. From what I've read about Lore Lorcana, which might be out by the time I still will not understand how to play Lorcana whenever this episode comes out. But but it's like you're looking for victory points instead. And I think that's like, oh, you have a certain number of trains or you have a certain number of kills, you get victory points or destroy or whatever. Yeah, right? I like that. And I think that depending on what is in the box, you can then play with more than two people, but you need to make a bigger country. So therefore you need the, much like Settlers of Catan, you just get an expansion box so that you can play with more people. Okay, I like that. It'll start off by being 1v1. Yes. And then once things start to get stale after a year, we'll release the DLC card pack, which is, oh, now you can play with multiple people. How's that? And that'll, like, get us back in the news cycle, get us back in front of players' eyes. I really like that. Yeah. And then, like, and then adding a cooperative element will then reinvigorate the pro scene so that they can play singles, peoples, and doubles can play. There will also be mixed doubles where... (laughs) where people with and without cybernetic enhancements can play together. (laughs) Oh, so are you suggesting that the meta cyberpunk layer also has gameplay elements? Did you just introduce that? That's great. I was more joking, but sure, yes, the answer is yes. You can't joke in this podcast because it's all jokes. You can't joke about the jokes. <laughs> it's true. It will, go, it will go in the stew. I can't just throw a joke out. Yeah, you just peppered the stew. I love it, though. I love it. Those have got to be super rare, super inconsistent, it's super expensive, too. So it is kind of a we will get accused of some pay to play aspects that will be out there. OK. Oh, of course. I mean, it is a TCG at heart. Oh, yeah, of for course sure. we will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we know going into it. <laughs> all right, so Jenna, let's go all the way back to the first thing that I said. Yeah, no, I was building up to this. Is Obviously, we have to figure out what the one ring yes, exactly. of our... Yes, yes, Eric, yes. What is the super expensive single printing train <laughs> card that we have for our game? Can I throw out like a few from the different like types of cards we've thrown out because if if I remember correctly, it's not actually supposed to be used in play, the one ring. Yes, sure, sure. Theoretically, for those of you who play Magic the Gathering, theoretically I think it's supposed to be like an artifact, which is just kind of like an item you can just throw down and put on your battlefield. Okay. So like, you know, ostensibly this one of one card needs to be used in play. Okay. So now I'm throwing out a few things here. Yeah. Hit me, one hit of me. which it should be like I'm thinking about like in civilization when like Gandhi's there. <laughs> and I'm like and I'm like, is there like a one of one Marie Curie card that you can play and then like all of your cards are radioactive and then you win automatically? Okay. Well, or like it's uh... deeply broken, so like all of your trains are like five times as fast and like five times as powerful. So it's a totally broken card. So like is it a singular person or are we talking about like is this a train of mythology that only exists yeah. within the ridiculous premise that we've laid out? Oh, no. It's got to be IP. No, okay. it's got to be pre-existing IP <laughs> that we can tap into so that people outside of this game care. Like I, I feel like part of the reason people care about the One Ring card is that it's the one ring card right the one ring. Yeah. yeah i'm really stuck in like historical celebrities like it's like and then i play bill clinton <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how does that he has nothing to do with trains no no okay wait okay, let me so it has to be a train thing okay. i think it has to be a train thing because that's the core concept of the game it has to be something related to trains is it the hyperloop Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be that. I don't want it to be that. But that's the kind of the vibe. I'm thinking like it could be Tesla. Like he feels like yeah. in a way Tesla just kind of pops Tesla? up much okay. like in The Prestige. Yeah. When David Bowie played Tesla. Love it. Okay, Tesla's a good one. Let me pitch you this one because I think it would be really funny Please. for people to have to whisper this in in excitement and just get really hype about it. What if... And this might not make sense in a uh, an overall arching way, but what if it's the Pony Express? I think that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the idea of somebody being like, oh, oh my god, it. I, I got it. I got the Pony Express. <laughs> For folks who don't know about American history, Pony Express was like an early form of the post office that was entirely horseback mounted, hence the pony part of Pony Express. And they were like responsible for transporting mail everywhere uh, especially out in the Wild West until trains came along and kind of killed the Pony Express, uh, which I think is just tragic. But there it is. I was trying to remember because, again, once again, we are making this for people who don't like phone calls. Yeah. Like, do we go one level deeper and then say something that's really obscure? Or who is the most famous writer of the Pony Express? Like, who is that person that they made the Drunk History episode about? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I don't think there was one. I think they were relatively anonymous. Yeah, I mean, if we wanted yeah. to do something that was relevant to the phone call aspect, could it be like Ma Bell? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> or even just like Annie Oakley, like something that's incongruous, but she, she's like, it's like Annie Oakley with like two guns and like riding a, riding a pony <laughs> with some mail. Is it is it the Orient Express, which is arguably the most famous train? 
okay, one step further. Yeah. Is it Agatha Christie? Is it just Agatha Christie? Is it just Agatha Christie? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Guys, I, I can't believe it. I pulled the Agatha Christie card. It's Agatha Christie. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I think it has to be Agatha Christie. That is just the right amount of absurd, tangentially related, but only in the most laborious sense. Yeah. That'll come out like five years after we release the game, obviously, though. We got to build to oh, that. We've gotta, we'll build mythology in all of the cards. Some of the cards will like reference the Agatha Christie and it'll just be oblique. And then we'll let the, the audience build up the lore surrounding it about like, oh, the Agatha Christie card. Has anyone ever seen it? Oh, that's OK. OK. So is there a reference to like the writer or like the creator or the lore smith upon which this whole thing had existed or something. And I think that maybe like immediately <laughs> afterwards or when, during the first release, because like we're immediately trying to get like an IP grab. It's Angela Lansbury <laughs> as like that one mystery writer from Murder, She Wrote. But it turns out there is a deeper old god that exists and it's just Agatha Christie and that's when it comes out like five years afterwards. Okay, wait, here's okay, here's my pitch. Okay. What if in the cyberpunk layer of this game, yeah. they make reference to the person who made the game within the game, which was Agatha Christie. They uncovered a bunch of old documents from Agatha Christie's archives and it was the base rules for this train game. I like this because this is a real Ready Player One scenario that we've just set up, <laughs> but instead of like the 1980s, oh, no. it's just like millennial stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love Agatha Christie. Here's also a thing that we'll do. This will be like really deep, deep cuts for like true fans is that some of the cards where they should say like, here's the train writer, it will be misprinted as here's the train writer. Yes. And the only people who are like super hyper obsessed will catch it. And they'll be like, some of these cards reference this. And that'll be like part of an extended ARG that we do for the five year anniversary for the Agatha Christie drop. Of course we got to do an extended ARG. Like, what else are yeah. we putting our marketing budget to? <laughs> Love ARGs. Oh, yeah. Of Incredible. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm adding Agatha Christie. We're sort of in the IP creation portion of this. I haven't been delineating out the sections of this because I really just didn't want to interrupt the flow. But I think we've we've hit the primo like IP creation aspect of this show. And I think the Agatha Christie angle is is a big part of it. Yeah, because the thing that I was trying to get at with the, you know, pulling from Dominion and Smash Up and all this stuff. Because it's not a I defeat you type of game, I think the meta is different. Okay. You know, like in Magic the Gathering or in Slay the Spire, you're trying to create the single most broken deck you can, right? Yeah. I'm going to make a kajillion damage to do go as fast as possible, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like a Slay the Spire speed run. It's like the single most broken, disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Or if you've played like a Magic the Gathering game against like a terrible blue deck that just grinds everything to a halt and you want to die <laughs> as it's happening. But I think that since it's different, you're just trying to play your game. And then I think that if you're going to spend money on anything, you just are trying to do the thing that's happening with all of these packs that are coming out from Magic the Gathering. I want to play with these Lord of the... Or I want to own these Lord of the Rings cards. So therefore, I will. Okay. And now it's like, oh, I'm going to play my game. So I'm going to be playing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and 
women inventors of the 20th century deck. <laughs> so any, yeah. any IP can come in <laughs> if you just kind of smoosh it in however you want. And people might actually use it in play. Yeah, but what is the IP that we own? Oh. Like, what is the thing that we own? Like, this is a money grab. I'm not out here trying to get the Mutant Ninja Turtle IP owners a lot of money. I'm here to make me a lot of money with my IP umbrella under which all the rest of this can go. Oh, I'm sorry. I went the other direction. And that's why <laughs> You're the that's why I'm just the guest and you're the business-minded big game hunger. Okay, so the the part of the IP creation is I want to I want to nail down some really core concepts. So like, do you think we could name this? This is such a big unwieldy concept. It would be cool to have a name for it. Do we have some spitballs for like god, cyberpunk? I don't should the cyberpunk be a part of the overall branding or is that just a fun layer? Uh, I wonder hmm I w in the way that these other things are like ostensibly fantasy branded, I think so. Okay. That, like okay. they're this is just like a place to start, and then it kind of like spirals out from there. Mm -hmm. I think that cyber, you know, oh God, train. Could we just rip off Magic the Gathering, but in like a cyberpunk train way? <laughs> Because <laughs> um, magic is so generic, but like if you're talking about it in the right context, people know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> so could it be like train, train? Oh, they already took the gathering though, huh? Mm -hmm. um, there's such good words associated with trains like rail and ticket, you know? Mm. And I think it needs to be like one of those smashed together words, like the last name of a hero in a fantasy novel. <laughs> so like... Rail driver. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Rail driver. Rail driver's good. I like rail drivers. Very powerful. Because driver is like the knee is is kind of cyberpunky. Yes. 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 Yeah. Rail driver's good. You just okay. you got it in one, Jenna. Do we want to have like a subtitle like rail driver the blank? And everyone just calls it rail driver, but you need it for SEO reasons. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, rail driver, the, how about like rail driver, the infinite story or something like that? Because I think that we need to have the, the fact that there is a lore master, that Agatha Christie has been there from the beginning. Okay. Could, I mean, could it be lore, rail driver, the lore master? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I said it, and then I was immediately lost faith in it. <laughs> rail, dri rail driver, the 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 continuous unspooling. Oh, uh, the endless train. The end. The endless rail. The end riding. Uh, the endless ride. Yeah, rail. Yeah, I like that. Rail driver. Rail driver the, endless the endless ride, ride. is good. <laughs> Okay. I'm typing this out. It's R D colon lowercase T E <laughs> E R. R oh you mean R D T E R? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I send the text to you. Do you like it? <laughs> no. I hate looking at it if I'm honest, which I think means it's a perfect name. For a, a really unwieldy <laughs> card game. Yeah, Rail Driver, 100%. <laughs> rail Driver. Okay, Rail Driver, the train built. What's the most basic like tagline we can give it that in no way really flushes out the concept? 
Rail driver. Rail driver, the collectible, the collectible <laughs> real time, the collectible real time train card game. Train. I'm gonna hit. How about the collectible train building simulator? Yeah, that's good. Can we shove card game in there as well, or deck building in Ooh, there? Yes, the collectible train deck building. Yeah, is train deck a thing, or am I just convinced that all words belong together right now? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I I couldn't get my Steam Deck. They were sold out, but I found on my TikTok store. I'm selling train decks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rail Driver, The Endless Ride, the collectible train deck building simulator. I love that. Okay. That's really good. I think that we need to create a ostensible main character. Okay. A la Minecraft Steve. Okay. Who yeah. is like not actually anything, but is supposed to be the main guy. And I think we need to create a Pikachu-esque. Little, little, little fun character, cute character mascot. That we can make plushies out of, yeah. Okay, uh, let's focus on the cute character mascot because I think, I don't know if we need a main character because isn't everybody sort of bringing, everybody is sort of their main character, right? Right, yes, okay. I just, yeah. we, the, the, in terms of IP, I feel like we would go in one of those two directions. That's uh, fine. That's I fine. think basing all our hopes on a Pikachu-like mascot is a good idea. Is it a plush train or is that too obvious? No, I think it's a plush train, Jenna. I think that's the truth. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm gonna also immediately once again undermine my own concept. What if? Please. What if it's a plush piece of coal with arms and legs, a la a dust soot sprite from Studio Ghibli? Sure. Yeah, I kind of like that too because, in much like in Pokemon, yeah, if you have a Pikachu on your team. You are not playing optimally. <laughs> and yet in the anime version of Rail Driver, our main character uses this like kind of basic creature yes. to win everything. And I think that there, I'm sure that there's a basic enchantment about like full steam ahead where you pile all of the coal into the engine and yeah. it's a little six sprites. You certainly can play. Yeah, I think in the base deck, there's like some basic train mechanics. Yes. I'll pull the lever. Hard break. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you buy the expansion, like you don't ever use these cards ever again. Yes. And the coal, the little coal plushie is one of them. And they're, the, it's heavily implied that you're just uh, shoveling whole shovelfuls of this mascot into your train to burn them up every time you're moving ahead. Yeah. But nobody ever really talks about that for a really long time. <laughs> it's, the hidden, it's the fridge nightmare of our game. <laughs> I love that. What's a good name for a little coal plushie friend? Mascot. I like that the, what you said about Soot Sprite was really good. I don't want to name them like Pokemon. I kind of <laughs> like the idea that it's like, this is a coal fairy or this is like a fuel sprite or something. I like coal fairy because then it can just have little wings and be pretty cute. Yeah. And it just kind of flies into the train, <laughs> the combustion engine. <laughs> Nobody's doing it to them. They love it. This is their life purpose. <laughs> they, lo they love the running into the engine. <laughs> I'm sure that there's, if we're going to go Pikachu all the way, I'm sure there's a mechanic where if you press enough of the coal fairies together, it becomes a diamond, like a diamond creature. <gasps> but it's like, but the coal fairy doesn't want it. It's like, no, yes! I'm good the way that I am. No. I'm perfect. I'm dirty and I give people black lung. I love that. Okay. I love it. I love Cole Flary. Yeah. Oh, Cole, Cole Flary's good. <laughs> that was an accident, but I'm writing it down. It's part of the idea. C O A L, the A E smushed together, and then R I E. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
it. Okay, I feel great about the game that we made. Rail, rail driver. Rail driver. The endless, the endless, ro- the endless rail. The endless. What did <laughs> we say? The endless ride. ride. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> I was staring at the initialism I made, and I'm like, this is unhelpful. There are, it's flanked by R's, and there are different R words. Yeah, ride driver. The endless rail is a kind of a different, kind of a different <laughs> game. I think. It kind of inherently has a different vibe to it. <laughs> That's like if we were doing a different video game podcast, this is like, all right, and we're going to put the 18 plus filter on and see what's on Steam. <laughs> it's not that, though. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing that video game podcast. We're not. Not while I'm live recording. Oh, my God. I love I love rail drivers so much. I'm now going to get really into the meta. I'm not going to be a professional rail driver player. I want to get in first before people spend millions of dollars. Oh, of course. Yeah. Now, Jenna, before I do, I'm sorry that I'm der- I'm derailing this. Get it? <gasps> I think the final thing we have to do yeah. is write the headline of when the Agatha Christie card is sold. Ooh. So I think that we have it here. So like one of one rail driver card of Agatha Christie sold to celebrity for how much money? If we're making the Mad Libs here, who is the celebrity and how much was it bought for? Oh, okay. So well, let's presume for our own sake that this is a contemporary game. Like it exists now and this just happened. Exactly. Yes. Who would be the ideal? That's a great. That's a really tricky one. Because uh, Post Malone's already taken, and that was the funniest answer. What is it? It could, could just be Post Malone again. That's is an option. It, is it that this might just be because I've been obsessed with the Barbie movie? Is it Margot Robbie? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's a kind of pull where I would be like, oh, I didn't know that she was into Rail Driver, but all right, good for her. Wasting that Barbie money on this one card. <laughs> I like that too. I like that to take one step further with this, to yes and with it. Yeah. I feel like Red Dr- Rail Driver is a little more niche than Magic the Gathering. Yeah. And I feel like it needs to be Greta Gerwig, right? <laughs> Wait, okay. I Yeah, I think you're right. But is it funnier if it's Wes Anderson? No, it should be Wes Anderson. You're right. <laughs> you're I right. think, okay. Okay, because there has to be, there ha- okay, there has to be a Wes Anderson themed because again we're tapping into millennials although the Wes Anderson movie meme on TikTok thing is kind of like a younger generation so this is how we get the younger generation into this very millennial based game is that we obviously do a if Rail Driver was a Wes Anderson movie and then to honor us he buys the Agatha Christie card (laughs) yeah no I like that a lot oh my god it would be so funny if you played like I play the Moonrise Kingdom kid in defense mode. (laughs) It's really good. The aesthetics of it would just all be like a Wes Anderson movie and they would be beautiful. They would be collector objects in their own right. Yeah. And here's the headline. And then there was one Agatha Christie card, Wes Anderson by Super Rare Rail Driver. (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude yeah that's it a hundred percent anything to plug eric 
Uh, I want to plug this podcast. Everyone listen to this podcast. <laughs> also listen to all the other shows that I make. Join the party. Actual play podcast where I'm the best DM in podcasting. Uh, games and Feelings, which Jenna has been on, yeah. where uh, we answer games advice questions. And it's so much fun. The best. And we talk about Pokemon. And Tell Me About It, which is kind of like Taskmaster, the podcast where a multi-billionaire forces someone to talk about their favorite thing in a series of... <laughs> high stakes and very scary game show. <laughs> and also, yeah, follow me on the social medias. I'm L underscore Silvero on Twitter and Eric the Silver on TikTok. And TikTok's fun. I'm enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, TikTok is fun. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what's one word, adjective, gameplay type, premise, et cetera, et cetera, that you want to add to the ingredient list? I was going to use deck builder. We can add deck builder and then you can just shuffle it on to the next person. <laughs> I don't want to literally, literally shuffle it off. Yeah, hey. I want to add deck builder to the type of game. I love that because that's not on the list yet. And I love deck builders. So I think that's a really good poll. Hell yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Thank you for joining me and Eric. Thank you for listening to Big Game Hunger. And don't forget to wish list Rail Driver on Steam. Release date TBD. We've been working on it since 2007. It's my life's work. <laughs>